welcome to the Whiskey and Will Podcast. And welcome back to the Whiskey and Will Podcast. Me and David are back again. We are continuing our summer of new music. Um, today we're going to look at the 20th studio album by Steve Earle and the Dukes. It came out on May 22nd, 2020. It has a runtime of 29 minutes and 49 seconds, and it is The Ghosts of West Virginia. The band on this album uh, is acoustic bass, electric bass, and vocalist Jeff Hill, drums, Bert, uh, Brad Pemberton, Eleanor Whitmore sings If I Could See Your Face Again, and she also plays fiddle and arranged the strings on the album. Steve Earle wrote all the songs and played guitar, banjo, mandolin, and also a vocalist. Uh, Chris Masterson lays down some guitar work and some vocals, too. Pedal steel guitar, Dobro, or Ricky Ray Jackson. And then there was another guy, Eric Jensen, who laid down some additional vocals on the first track. And that's pretty much it. Steve Earle and the Dukes. Yeah, so when I... I downloaded this CD. When I finally got around to listening to it, I forgot what the name of it was. I was just listening to the CD. And uh-huh. I was like, it's a concept album all about coal miners? <laughs> and then I looked at the title and I was like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's actually about, and he apparently did some work with some playwrights to, to write music for a play or something. But it's actually about a um, coal mining accident that happened in 2010 in which 28 people were killed that's why in that uh the blood song at the end he just lists a bunch of people's names that's the names of all the people who were killed in the accident yeah, makes you didn't feel like it was all about one accident you felt like it was about lots of different stuff well i mean it probably was about just coal mining in general but the impetus was that accident right right yeah well steve earl's been around for yeah and He's honestly a guy I've never really given a chance to because uh, I had a song Copperhead wrote was on the radio. Every other song. That song just still gets played a lot. I, I know, to the point that I just hated it. And, yeah. and I never wanted to go check out anything else my cause of <laughs> So I can honestly say I've never listened to a, a whole album of his, even though he's been around forever. Um, I am the opposite. I'm actually quite a fan. Um, I do agree that that song is, is super overplayed, but I still enjoy it. Um, the stuff off Guitar Town, his first CD in 86, was really good. Um, and then, like, when he got out of prison for whatever it was that he was in for, heroin Wan related, I dug all of that. But in the last few years, I guess, I, I hadn't really kept up with it. Um, I listened to when town when you released the tribute album to Towns. I listened to it, and then he did like a blues album that I didn't think was all that good. Then his last album before this one was a tribute to Guy Clark, and I listened to it, and I thought those were cool. But that's him doing two of the greatest songwriters in America's work, and I think Steve is a great songwriter too, right up there with those guys. Yeah, that's a uh, one thing I'll say about this album is though I 
I liked the songwriting because I liked I, I liked how he was talking about all the all the hardships he's told my yeah, it always uh, it always seemed to be coming from a place of respect, almost, you know, for how yeah. they're working they were and everything. Yeah. Whereas not every artist can pull that off. There are a lot of artists who make talk about hard work or you know, or something like this. It almost comes from a looking down on them or choosing that life, you know? Right. <clears throat> no, that's one thing I've always liked about Steve because I mean he all he. And we've talked about this on some other podcasts about how he's his family background is not one of a whole lot of struggle, at least when he was a kid. Now, when he moved out and and started chasing the the songwriting career, maybe then. But he has always been able to identify with that blue collar thing because he has songs about being a roughneck out in the Gulf of Mexico and stuff like that. And he does. Uh, at least seem to have sympathy for the working man or an association there that allows him to, to write about it, even if he has never really experienced it himself. Um, yeah, he, he does a good job of writing that's true. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, that, of course, the Dukes have been around for damn near as long as he has in different in- incarnations, but I thought all the, the musicianship on this album was really good, too. Yeah, I mean... It- it's a solid album, but nothing really that just jumps out at me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there are like two, maybe three songs that I thought were really good. Um, it's really weird because stylistically it fits. And I guess and this might be, you know, Appalachian music he's trying to, to do there, but it's it's not quite bluegrass and it's not quite country. Yeah, <laughs> so it, yeah it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of has a, uh, uh, and a few of the songs have almost like a, I guess what you'd call a traditional yeah. feel to them, you know, where it's just you know, one of a standard song that everybody does. Some of it has that kind of feel to it, too. No, totally, yeah. Especially in the choruses. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of tracks. I, I, I like Black Long. I thought that was a really good song, and I like Union God and Country. But yeah, I like I said, nothing, nothing really jumped out at me, though. Yeah, no, there's nothing. There is not anything on here that I um, was just floored by, at all. Uh, and that's not to say that it's not a good album because I, I like you. I'm like you. I think it is a good album. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's a solid album by a, a songwriter and a band that knows exactly what they're doing and is more than proficient at it. Um, there were times. And it's, it's funny because on the other podcast I did, we just did some Danzig albums and talking about how Danzig's voice kind of loses its power. And I don't know that Steve Rose voice ever had any power, but he sounds so breathy on some of these songs, like Black Lung. And he was never yeah. a good singer to begin with. <laughs> but on a song like Black Lung, you think it's intentional? I, that's what I was wondering. It's like Because of the time, because of the topic of the song. Yeah, exactly. He, he seems like he's emphasizing his breathing and the haggardness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've probably said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. 20 years ago, when the only music I could listen to was whatever CDs were in my car, Yeah. this album probably would have seen a lot more rotation than what it's going to see today when I have access to anything I want to listen to at any time. 
Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's fair. Because um, I kind of feel the same way. There was a time when I, a new Seabarrel CD, like, like I said, those first five albums when they came out of prison, I think are fucking fantastic. And I listened to the shit out of them in the early 2000s. This one I think is good. And I might pull a couple of songs off of, but that's just a difference in the availability of music and the way that I listen to it now. Then it reflects the quality of the album. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm more interested in hearing something I've never heard before than listening to an album I've never heard Yeah. So, unless an album's just actually special, I remember that <laughs> Right. Exactly. Well, I guess let's talk about some of the individual tracks that we like. So we kind of mentioned some of them already. Um, I will we'll say that there's not anything on here that I dislike. And also at an album that's under 30 minutes, fuck yes. Give me that all day, every day. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a good short album, for sure. Um, no, I, I, I'm going to have to say I didn't really care much for the John Henry song because did we really need another John Henry song? Right. Yeah, so... That was probably that was probably the one on the Hmm. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the opening track either. Really? No, but that one was so short, and I thought it did a good job of of setting up everything. And I'm yeah. glad that the entire thing wasn't. But to, to your point to traditional music that you made earlier, that opening track is just so much traditional because it's just a call and response with very sparse um, instrumentation on it, and you know. No, okay. when you listen to the when you listen to the album as a whole and, and get the concept, the opening track makes total sense why that yeah. was chosen as an opening track and what it's there for. Yeah. But first time listening to it, I was like, eh, you know. Oh whatever. sure, sure. Yeah. When I, yeah. when I didn't realize yet that it was a concept album, kinda. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't take that to uh if I pull songs off of it, that's not gonna be one of them. But um because you're right. It's the concept. If if this if there were a, a documentary about this thing and that was used as the title sequence as the opening song for the documentary, it would make perfect fucking sense. Right. Yep. I agree with that. Um, so Union God and Country, like you, I really liked. Uh, Time is Never on Our Side is probably my favorite song on the album. Um, it's about blood. It's pretty good. Black Lung. Fastest Man Alive in the Mind. I think all of those are pretty good, especially the mind, because that really catches that, you know, I'm a fuck up, but if I can just get this job, this good job, everything will kind of turn around. Yeah. I mean, I'll mention the two that I really liked. Um, I don't really, nothing else really stood out to me. Yeah. I was in album two, maybe three times. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I don't have much else to say about it either, so let's just go ahead and give this thing a grade. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go B minus. You're right about where I'm at, because I'm going to go a little bit better and give it a B. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and especially it being as short. If it was... If it was 10 minutes longer, I'd probably give it a B minus. <laughs> but coming in under 30 minutes, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, 
you know, assuming that 10 minutes wasn't just some awesome ass song, but or two. But yeah. Now it's solid. If you are, if you really like traditional mountain music kind of thing, definitely give it a listen. Or if you just want to hear songs about coal miners, I guess. Right. <laughs> I mean, either way. You're not going to listen to this album for like basically 30 minutes. No. It's, it's, it's like some basically song. Yeah, I definitely. access to so much other stuff, I probably listen to it more. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, especially if you are a songwriter and really want to see what you can do with uh, your instrumentation to make the songs distinct. Because the, I really think that the way that, that they use the instruments in creating these songs, was, it's not like groundbreaking or anything, but I, I, it did stick out to me as opposed to most of the stuff that we listen to. But, all right. I don't have anything more to say. So, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode when we'll talk about another new album.